and this is Yes Girl Podcast, and Corey is living her best life in New Orleans, so I have invited a very special guest to join me today. Hi, Tiffany Ashete, our producer. Hola. (laughs) Tiffany is very shy, you guys. She's the best producer in the world. She's fantastic. She helps all this goodness happened behind the scenes. She is the reason that Corey and I pull it together every week. And you know, she's the one you can kind of hear like in the background when we're like, wait, what's the name of that? And what's this? And Tiff is always there helping us book talent, like everything, guys. And she's always laughing in the background. So today I was like, Corey is not here. You're not going to have me talking to myself, Tiff. So Tiff is here. Look, here. So Tiff is here. We're going to, you know, ease her in slowly. Not too much Kiki, but hey, Tiff, girl. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. See how it's easy, easy, it's easy. All right, but let me not embarrass Tiffany any further. You guys, we have a very good show for you. It's a treat, a real treat. Blair Underwood is here, y'all. Icon. Blair, I'm going to say it again. Blair Underwood is here, y'all. Gorgeous. Ladies, you're welcome. <laughs> Fellas, there's still much to learn. But ladies, again, you are welcome. Tiff, was he not just... Everything. All kinds of goodness. Gorgeous, kind. Smart, funny. Great sense of humor. He still looks 30. Seriously. Like, what happened? He and Angela Bassett just need to quit it. <laughs> this is starting to get like, I'm, I'm starting to be like, you guys are robots. I, mean, I just want the formula. That's it. That's all I want. I or the map. I don't ask for much. I life. will go to the jungle and get the formula myself. And then <laughs> share it. Yeah. So I just need a map. Mark X marks the spot, guys. No, but seriously, Blair Underwood is starring in, or he plays in one of the episodes in When They See Us, which is Ava DuVernay's brand new four-part miniseries on Netflix, out today. It is very powerful. If you guys haven't heard about it, it is documenting the story of the Central Park Five who we now call the Exonerated Five. Five. Which, I mean, most Black people know this story. It's a horrific story, what happened to these young men, wrongly accused because of their race, because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And we know this story. And we also know that the current president of the United States Mm. took out a full-page ad... Asking that they be tried for their crimes. Mm-hmm. Was it? What did he ask for? The death penalty? He asked for New York to bring back the death penalty just to penalize these men. You guys, I don't get me started. It, <laughs> the heartbreak is real. The hurt is real. But as usual, our boo, Ava DuVernay, is telling a very important story and using her art to help and heal. We're all going to be tuning in to When They See Us. You'll hear in the interview, Corey saw the docuseries, and she is like, it's heavy. You're going to really want to settle into it, Tiff. That's what she's saying. Yeah. She said you're going to want to like block out some time over the entire weekend. Absolutely. To just take it all in. No, but seriously, Tiff, uh, Blair Underwood comes in and he and Corey really talk about the power of the film. I can't wait to see. I wanted to wait. Sometimes I like to wait and, you know, we get a chance to see things in advance. Yeah. But I like to experience them when everybody else does. I cannot wait. To hear your reaction. So on Monday, yes. we've got to talk about it. Yes. And the Yes Girl audience has to let you know also. Yes. Come <laughs> See, look. See, look at Tiffany producing. Okay? That was <laughs> Tiffany's polite way of telling me it's time for the plug. The hashtag. <laughs> well done, Tiff. And look, now she's got a mic, so she's busted. So you guys, seriously, though, this is going to be powerful. We all can't wait to see this. Let us know what you think about the series when you binge watch it this weekend on Netflix. And please tell us using hashtag Yes Girl Podcast. So let us know what you think about Ava DuVernay's new Netflix four-part miniseries, When They See Us, using hashtag Yes Girl Podcast. And in the meantime, we got all in Blair Underwood's business. Oh, yeah. Didn't we? We talked about 
He's been in the game for over 30 years. He has been in everything. And you guys have all seen the meme where it's like Lawrence Fishburne and Blair Underwood. And it's like, if you see one of these men in a movie, somebody's getting beat or something. We had to talk to him about that. We went in. We talked about the meme. We talked about him as a, a husband, a father. He loves his wife. He is such a happily married man, y'all. Y'all know I love it. Happily married. So happy. Did you see all that happily married man he was giving? It was just a glow of good vibes. Of he was someone radiating. that's just happy with their life. And their career. And he's gracious. He's humble. He's kind. And he was a lot of fun. Yeah. I yeah. think he had a really good time. He didn't want to leave. He didn't. Don't you love when that happens? It was a real good conversation. It was. Ladies, you're going to thank us for this one. And for the, the true diehard Yes Girl podcast fans who listen every week, hey boo. But for those of y'all who listen every week, you remember that second Marlon Wayans interview we had in honor of Father's Day. And we said, we literally titled it, We Weren't Ready. Marlon Wayans brought everything we needed him to bring. Amazing guy. And you guys, Blair Underwood, same thing. You were about to thank us for this one. You were going to enjoy this one. And you were really going to get to know Blair Underwood a little better. Yeah. But until, before we completely go there, Tiff, what else do we need to talk about this week? Well, speaking of diehard friends to the show, we had a visitor last week. <gasps> you guys. <laughs> Uh, you saw, you, did you hear that excitement? Okay. So if you are a huge fan of podcasts created by people of color, you already know who Barry from Podcast in Color is. She is the creator of Podcast in Color. She also also works at um, Loudspeaker Network. Yeah. And she is like, she is the voice when it comes to speaking out in favor of and for and to represent podcasts of color. And she came to New York. She was here for business and we did lunch with her. Hey, Barry Boo. Hey. At Podcast in Color. Hey. It was so great to put a face to a name with a Twitter handle. Yes. I feel like we've been friends in our heads. She's been a longtime supporter of Yes Girl Podcast. Day one. Since day one. She found us. Um, you know, she reviewed the podcast, one of the first people to do it. And she, as she fell in love with our podcast, she shared it with other people. And she's always given us credit and told us what she liked and she didn't, which is what we love about her. But anyway, shout out to Barry. It was great to have lunch with you. And also, like, if you guys aren't following her, you should be. Because if you love podcasts, for pe- especially those created by people of color, Come on in, because Barry has a whole listing on her site, a whole guide for podcasts in color. So get into it. As <laughs> Tiffany just reminded me, you guys, with her laughing in the background, uh-huh, come on, Tiff, you got the mic now. Um, we also want to share some love. Corey, do you see how Tiffany's filling in beautifully, right? Are you hey, proud? Corey, we miss you. So we really appreciate when people listen to our podcast and give feedback. Tiffany especially does, because yes. she helps put all this together. <laughs> oh, Tiff, I'm so proud of you. You're doing great. You're just doing great, lady. Oh, thank you. I think we should give Tiff a mic all the time. <laughs> oh. I really do. But in the meantime, let's get into some comments on Twitter. So first of all, it was really apparent that you all loved the Alicia Keys interview as much as we did. Wasn't it a moment? Didn't we tell you guys it was going to be a vibe? Such a vibe. And yes, the candles were real. If you didn't believe me, you can go on my Instagram story and look for the photo. There is a photo. With our little candles to match the story. (laughs) Um, Alicia tweeted it, okay, and thanked us. And I need to read this tweet because um, in addition to the flowers she sent, it kind of made my 2019. (laughs) She said, big love to two of the coolest, freshest women I know. At Corey Murray and at Man White Dog, which is me on Twitter, get into our Yes Girl podcast for a deeper look into our candid, grown woman-ish combo for my Essence cover story. Two hand clap emojis. Loving these vibes with all the stars. Yes. Excuse me why I fall out now. (laughs) 
That was so much love from Alicia Keys. And she actually sent Corey and I, Moana, actual, like, beautiful bouquet of flowers. They were individual for each of us and a handwritten note. Girl, she gives a handwritten card. There is nothing like a handwritten note. You know she was barefoot in a turban with music playing when she did it. <laughs> you know she was. Alicia, we love you forever. No, but you guys love the cover story. You, I think what I saw a lot of people saying, Tiff, is that they really appreciated that Alicia's on her grown woman shit. They did. And, you know, and we talked a lot about that. And people were sharing what makes them feel grown. Did you see it? People were really just, like, vibing and excited for, like, what's coming next and what this oh, means yeah. for her. And, like, they've been rolling with her for, like, since the beginning. So to see this, like, new chapter, oh, yeah. It was epic. <laughs> and let me tell you, I got to find, people were talking about what makes them feel like a grown woman, and I got to find it because it was so good. Okay, so at hey underscore ambular says, she feels like a grown-ass woman, Tiffany, when she has all the bills paid. Girl, me too. And when she really looks back on things and realizes that she took the high road when she could have gone low. I really like that. Amen to that. I feel grown then too. I feel grown when my bills are paid. Okay, girl. (laughs) What? I told you that automatic bill pay is the life. (laughs) I am, wait, let's see. I am Erica Coleman. At Erica Speaks Life, she says, hey, hashtag guest girl podcast. When I say no without a disclaimer, I feel like a grown ass woman 2.0. Hello. I'm working on my nose, girl. I still say too many yeses. That's, Tiff, that's real. Because people always say no is a complete sentence. And I'm always like, no, but or no, and. Mine is always no, dot, dot, dot. Mm. I never said no exclamation point. Yeah. Because it's, it's a statement. It is a complete sentence. You better I'm come on. Yopra's in you. <laughs> Yopra's in you. <laughs> it's all the good vibes. What other day. things do people say make them grow? Hold on, y'all. There was so much. We got to get in here on Twitter and Instagram. So at She Is Keys said, what makes you feel like a grown ass woman? For me, it's setting doctor's appointments when you ain't necessarily sick <laughs> just to be on top of it with your health. Yes. That's real. I, you know what? I feel really good when I do that every year in like January. Like, oh, everything recycled, eye appointment, dental. Like, that's a good time of year to do it. I'm then you feel yet. really grown. I'm not there yet. You, you got still working on you. That's okay. It's working on me. That's all right. That sounds like a goal. January is a good time of year to do that, guys, because most of your most of the time your medical and all that stuff resets. So you could be real grown in January. But by March, I'm a kid again. (laughs) That's my problem. By March, I'm like, wait, what was my, where was I supposed to go? What? Planner. That's two whole months, though. Kudos. That's more than me. There you go. (laughs) Well, you were grown for January. That counts. There we go. Well, we really appreciate you guys telling us what made you feel like a grown-ass woman. And it was just a real grown-ass woman conversation last week. And this week, we're about to talk to a grown-ass man. Mm. Okay. So let's get into this Blair Underwood interview. You are welcome. And until next week, ladies, enjoy. Tip, you did great. Thank you, Charlie. You're welcome, boo. Now we're going to give you a mic. It's happening. (laughs) Enjoy this episode with Blair. There you go. Ready, Corey Marie? I am ready. I'm going to let you do what you do, because we have a very exciting guest on the show today. Okay. Listeners, <laughs> I'm going to paint you a picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, our guest today is someone special, someone we've known for years, someone we've covered for years. And loved. And loved. Go ahead and say it. Uh-oh. And loved. But my little backstory is, so... 
this person is a world-renowned actor. Mm-hmm. He's busy. He's in a great new series that we, we're going to talk about that everyone should watch when it comes out on May 31st. Uh-huh. But, you know, because he's busy, you know, his PR was like, oh, I don't know, he's busy, you know, are we going to have time? Can we make this work? <laughs> so I said, I emailed my team to say, oh, my God, this person is available, but, you know, he has a small window of time. Can we make this work? <laughs> Our producer jumped in so quick and said, oh, we're going to make this work. Oh, we'll do it. Oh, we're going to do <laughs> yes. this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Because usually right. she gives yeah. us, Charlie and I, the courtesy and like, you know, as the host, you guys, you know, have a what lot of say. What do you What's think? What do you, what she do you, was like, no, we're right. booked. No, we're booked. I it's, love it. It's secured. We have secured Blair Underwood, ladies and gentlemen. I love that. Welcome, Blair. Welcome. Thank you. Thank they knew you. from the voice. They know. know. They knew. <laughs> I was we trying to like, be quiet, but that's it. Okay. There's the voice that I hear in my fantasies. No, I'm serious. Like, Experience <laughs> amazing. That's for Alexis. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. You should be our Alexa. That's another yes, conversation. That's You're Alexa. Oh. You know, like oh the one God. you talk to. Of course. Of course. Oh, yes. Charlie, that's brilliant. I know. That's Slip. funny, Alexa. But Wouldn't no, that be amazing? I the voice of Alexis. <laughs> yes. Car. That's what I'm saying. But I like the Alexa voice. Single ladies would be like, I mean, we know you're married. We're going to get to it. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> we, we, but you were known. We're going to get to that. But you were known for just being one of our favorite yes. actors well, and so talented you. for I, so uh, long. You've been in everything we love. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Well, I'm, listen, I'm excited to be here. Okay. I mean, when I was... Uh, Asked about this, I saw Essence first, mm-hmm. and I heard about your podcast, and I said, well, we, we got to make that happen. Thank yes. you so much. Yeah, so. And I told Charlie, because she was like, well, what's he like? I said, no, Blair is the truth. He's a good conversation. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. So, okay. I, but the reason you're here is you play a lawyer. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> hmm. Where did you study? Oh, Where did you? Um, Bobby Burns and Ava DuVernay is when they see us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've just started kicking a bit, but this series or what is a limited event? What are, what are they calling it? I call it four one-hour movies. Yes. I think I got that from Ava. Ava said that. Yes. Four yeah. one-hour movies. I like that. It's considered a limited series, but the way it's shot and the, the artistry of it all. That uh, you know that is Ava DuVernay and um, and and Bradford Young, who's the oh, DP, yes. who's extraordinary, the mm-hmm. first African American man to be nominated for an Academy Award mm-hmm. um, as a DP, a cinematographer. It's just it's it's exquisite, and it's and it's aesthetic, but also just in the the impact of the emotion of what the story is. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's about this what five men who are called the Central Park Five, who now call themselves the Exonerated, exonerated Five. five. Yes. exactly, and 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 that's in part due to what part of the mission of this story was, was to reclaim their lives and their story and the narrative in the public sphere. Um, so that's the Exonerated Five. And we uh, needed this to happen, especially in the current climate that we are in. Well, that. yeah, that, you know, that question comes up a lot. What do you want people to come away with? Why this story? Why now? And for me, in brief, it's like, because it's important that we understand that everything old is new again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this happened April 19th, 1989, but it's no different than Sixteen eighty nine, Emmett Till, all of that. I was, uh, oh my God, Uh, there's so many entry points we can talk now. But when you, Charlie, when you mentioned how it happens now, I was at the premiere, and I was at the premiere. First of all, side note: when Blair came out, you were like one of the first people to come out on stage and she introduced everyone. Went crazy. The Apollo went crazy (laughs) because it was like Blair. Okay, side note: but (laughs) it was Apollo. But um, it was interesting because there's in the in the series or in the one hour movies there's footage of Trump, yeah, back in the day, basically with that ad, 
and everyone booed, everyone responded. Right, right. So he's just the now he's a president. That's scary. Well, scary. Have you seen it yet? No, the I piece? Okay. Had the opportunity, okay. but I'm, I'm going to. You know, I don't know if you saw all four hours. I saw, you were there those I did. Two I, hours. I, I saw yeah. all four. Oh man, my wife and I sat down to watch the first two hours, and we had all four. We said, yeah. okay, watch two, and then watch two tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. I couldn't turn away. Yeah. You know, with Netflix, it feeds right into the next yeah. one anyway. So yeah. we'll just sit down and watch the whole thing, and it's. It's it's unnerving. It's, mm-hmm. it's difficult to watch, but necessary to watch. Yeah. And with respect to Trump, yeah, in the Apollo, when when his face showed showed up on the screen, you know, literally there was some booing, but a lot of yes. But you know that's interesting too because that audience was on pins and needles those mm-hmm. first two hours. Because at the mm-hmm. screening they showed the first two hours, okay. it was four hours okay. total, mm-hmm. and you know. People, I, you can tell they wanted to boo, but they didn't want to miss anything. Yes. I was like, okay, it's going to be quiet, quiet. I want to yeah. see what's happening next. But yeah, no, nah, it's crazy. And then, you know, they address what you just said, the fact that he's our president. Currently. Because in the, currently, because in the mm-hmm. conversation, Anjanou Ellis, uh, who plays uh, one of the mothers of the young, the boys, mm-hmm. we have to remember that they were children yeah. at the time, 14, 15 years old, and Corey she Walsh was 16. She hires you in the film. She hires you, but go ahead. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other young lady, I don't know, but they're just talking, they're watching Donald Trump and the fact that he's asking and calling for the death penalty of mm-hmm. children. Yes. Children. You, I'm going to keep saying that again because people children. understand. Mm-hmm. For black children. He's mm-hmm. calling for the death penalty. And we have to understand, this was days after the attack of this young lady, this young white female jogger. name was Patricia Miley, uh, which was a horrific beating and rape. Mm-hmm. I'm putting a lot of these details in here. No, I, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, you're the, I'm glad you're doing that because you're the first person we're talking to from oh, the okay. series. Ah, okay. So they're gonna, you're going to be the first one to introduce us to our audience. So go nice, please. Nice, because I'm, I'm, I'm learning please. as we're doing this junk. A lot of mm-hmm. folks don't really know the details. Yeah. Right. You know, and a, the whole other generation don't know the story. Mm-hmm. So I put that in there. Um, but the thing, the truth of the matter, she was brutally raped and beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, she was most certainly a victim. Mm-hmm. But these five boys were victims also. Oh, yeah. Something happened to her, mm-hmm. but they weren't the ones that did it. Mm-mm. We know that now. Mm-hmm. The DNA has proven that. Mm-hmm. Um, the city of New York paid $41 million, which will never regain no. the innocence and the years that were lost. But trust me, a city like any city, but New York City is not going to pay a dime unless they knew they were wrong. Yeah. So they were forced to. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it's, it is an admission of guilt. So for all those reasons, it's, it's, it's such an important story. But in that moment, when, for those who don't know, Donald Trump in 1989 took out four or five full-page ads yes. that said, mm-hmm. bring back the death penalty yeah. days the after the incident. Yes. Not after the trial. Mm-mm. Not after there were verdicts. Before any of the evidence. And really no evidence. Like, due mm-hmm. process, what is that? Yeah. And just said, I want, we bring back the death penalty. And he said, you better believe I hate those, I don't know what yeah. he said, those probably said animals. I think he did say animals. I think so that too. Did yeah. And he was just a wealthy real estate. Just a wealthy yeah. real estate white, guy. Wealthy white yeah. man. Let's be clear, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't the president. He mm-hmm. wasn't a politician. Mm-mm. He had no business. Mm-hmm. But he very was... well known in New York City. Right. So, you know, he knew how to get access to the, pre- the press and the media. Yeah. So if he spoke, people said, okay, what's he talking about now? What's he talking about now? Uh, but he also said, <laughs> there's another clip in the movie where he says, you know, um, I think really the blacks have a lot of advantage yes. nowadays. And the if I were to come back, I'd come back as a well-educated black because y'all have so much advantage. And the character says, what's a black? Yeah. First of all, what's a black? But the, 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 the funny thing is, to your point, the, uh, the young actress she's talking to, she says, don't worry about him. His 15 minutes are almost up. Oh, that's right. And everybody yeah. laughed, but it was uh, sad. And she's sad. drinking some Sadly Jameson ironic. behind it. Like, oh, he, we, he's going to yes. be gone. And it was the truth. That's yeah. why the timing of this project is so important, I think, because right. we can't forget. Because, you know, we have to retell our story and our history and especially of the injustices that black people have faced over the years because we're still facing racism head on in this country in a way that we wouldn't think we'd have to after having a black president. That's that's exactly right. You know, so it's just a reminder that we got to stay woke. And partially because we had a black president. 
I mean, if you look at the reconstruction area after the Civil War, after Mm -hmm. 1861, for about 12 years, you know, we had black governors. We had a lot Mm -hmm. of progress uh, as they were trying to reconstruct the South. But that created the Ku Klux Klan. That created such a backlash. No, 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 we can't. No, what? No, we can't have y'all progressing like this. It's Mm -hmm. very, very similar to that. You know, you look at Obama's election Mm -hmm. in the eight years we had him, just the symbol of him. We we can get into policy, but just the symbol of a black first family. You know, there's a reason why this man is in the White House now. It's, 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 it's It's a pendulum swing. So we have to be aware and know history, know why we're here. Now we just keep keep moving forward. I saw something last some two summers ago called um, I'm I'm, I'm going to mix up the name, but it's basically like who we are, who we really are, mm-hmm. and it was basically how racism has shaped this country. Mm-hmm. Like this country is built on racism. Mm-hmm. It was interesting in watching when they see us. I think especially the scenes where the police is inter- um, interrogating the boys. Mm-hmm. Every and all of this is based off one lie. These men lost their lives based off one lie. Oh but in what the police were doing, and in the play I saw, basically back in the day, the Ku Klux Klan, when they started to shift sort of into the police, because mm. that's mm. pretty much where they went into the mm-hmm. um, the star that a sheriff wears is basically um, was one of their symbols. Mm-hmm. In how I, wow, oh, it's I oh, this, so you got me thinking about that. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm, no, I'm no, going I, on we, a tangent. We, we, we but, I, yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to say, what for you, and I and, and asking you as a a father, what was so unnerving? A, a signing on to this. Well, what brought you to the project, and what was so unnerving watching this as you were watching it wow. with your wife? That's a great question. You know, as a father, as what, a, and as a black man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What brought me to the project was it was Ava Duvernay. Mm-hmm. Ava's a dear friend I've known for twenty some odd twenty some odd years, mm-hmm. and um, so. And if she if she if she asks, I don't even I don't, I don't care what it is, what we're doing when we start shooting, let's go, yeah. let's do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I found out what the project was and that she was at the helm, because it's a story that needs to be told, but not anybody can or should tell it. Absolutely, you know, it has to be in the right hands. So I very much wanted to be a part of it. So, and I also wanted to learn more about it. I, I found I knew and and people, if they know the story, they know the broad strokes. You know, a mm-hmm. terrible thing happened to a young lady. Five guys lost lost their lives and. A lot of folks don't even know the rest of the story. The they fact don't. that they were exonerated years later, and the mm-hmm. fact that somebody else confessed, um, mm-hmm. more specific, somebody else mm-hmm. confessed to that murder, mm-hmm. and there was a serial rapist moving around yeah. Harlem and Upper New oh, York, yeah. and it was, it was the same so guy. clear, so clear they, that it wasn't, with him, there yeah. wasn't them. But they, yeah, didn't, the, they didn't connect the dots. Nobody, mm-hmm. they didn't want to connect the dots. They didn't want to. to. Nobody that's was right. holding them accountable. No. no. Yeah, that's right. So I very much wanted to be a part of it for the, the I thought the import and the gravity and the weight and the necessity to tell the story as a father. You know, when I saw the project, as I was saying before, we watched the first two hours, I couldn't turn away, watched the, all four hours of it. And I, you know, the, the emotion that was most prominent in me was anger mm-hmm. that it happened and was allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. For my wife, it was hurt because she saw it through the prism of a mother. Yeah. And she cried then, she cried that night, she woke up crying. And so I'm saying, Ava, like this long text, just wanted to just express how she mm-hmm. felt about that. Um, you know, one of the things with my character, Robert Burns, who was the attorney for Yusuf Salam, mm-hmm. Robert Burns was, uh, he, he died soon after, so I didn't get a chance to really talk oh. with him. But I spoke to Yusuf quite a bit while we were shooting it. And he was the divorce attorney for Yusuf's mother. So he was a family friend who knew divorce. He didn't know criminal law. And then they called upon him to help. Because they trusted him. Yeah, they Yeah, sense. there was loyalty. Yeah. And he was in over his head. So yeah. there's a lot of things legally that could have been done, should have been done, that were not done. And Yusuf is such an extraordinary brother today mm-hmm. because I asked him, how did you feel about that? He said, you know, the funny thing is, 
you know, after the verdict came down, after he did time, there were a lot of high profile attorneys who said, let me help you, you know, let me, let's do an appeal. And he felt like he was betraying Bobby, mm-hmm. you know, so he said, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to write out my time and, and whatever. Interesting. But here we are. You still have that loyalty even with all the even, to, even today. Yeah. Even today. Oh my God. But I think what Robert Burns, Bobby Burns felt as a family friend mm-hmm. is not unlike what I felt as a father watching this yeah. and as a citizen just watching mm-hmm. it and being aware of it happening, but also watching the piece because it hits a lot of emotions in you. Mm-hmm. And it was a profound sense of impotence mm-hmm. of not being able to protect your child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a father, I feel that all the time. You know, we all, come on, we all know we have sex talk when you're raising children, mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah. black boys that have two sons and a daughter, and you have the race talk. Race mm-hmm. talk. And we, I'm, I'm an actor, so we, we role play, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we, we act it out in the mm-hmm. car, all three of my kids, my daughter too. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you do when the cops stop? I'm going to be the cop, you sit in the car, okay, I'm going to roll up on you, and I'm going to be tough to you. And of course, my, my wife's in the backseat laughing while we're doing it. Okay, right, you sure you want to say this? She's changing, she's trying to direct now. So hold on, slow your roll. Slow your roll. But, but it's important, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you keep your hands on the wheel, you put your hands out the window when you get your license. I mean, this mm-hmm. happened like I stopped recent, recently. I'm going to doing the same dance. You know, get your license. I'm taking my right hand off the wheel. I'm going to open my glove compartment mm-hmm. and I'm going to open it so there's no room for misinterpretation. Yeah. Um, but that sense of not being able to protect your babies, mm-hmm. that sense of impotence, not sexual, but in a very no, yeah. real, raw, vulnerable sense, um, you know, it, it affects the core of your manhood. Mm-hmm. Your job is to protect your family mm-hmm. and your children. And when you can't do that, it, 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 it breaks you down. It hurts. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we feel. We all feel. And yeah. that's what my, my wife's feeling as a mother. You know, there's just there's a certain line when you got to let your babies go yeah. out into this world. You know, and, well, sorry, I was going to say one thing that was in the film that, you know, when you read about the case, some things you you don't remember or think about. So the the parents that did come to get their kids, well, all of the parents came to get them out of jail, mm-hmm. but the police made them sign these coerced confessions. Confessions. Yeah. And the, what they kept saying was, well, if you want your kid to go home, you have to sign this. Mm-hmm. And what it was, a lot of these parents, they didn't know what they were signing, except for Yousef's mom. Well, in she the series, knew, she right. knew, and she was like, I'm not signing anything. I'm taking my kid. Yeah. You know. That was a conversation I had with after watching this. Understanding I sat rights. down with two of my kids, my other son in college, and I texted my son. I said, listen, re- understand your rights. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Know that. And let me say this loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Know that if you're ever stopped by the cops, and certainly if you're taken down to the precinct, you have the right to an attorney. Yeah. You have you a have right to, to You don't have to say anything. It's best for you not to say anything. Say yeah. Uh, and, and these kids didn't know that. I'm fine. A lot of us don't know that. We, I, I, I sat down and watched that. Yeah. Have I said that to my kids? Let me make sure I said that. Yeah, no, it's that. something yes. to think about. Let me at you. Let me... you. And you should record everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, my cousin is a sheriff, and you know he mm-hmm. um, and he's always kind of um, re-educating us, basically mm-hmm. on what we think we know. Mm-hmm. Which, and he mm-hmm. always says, you don't need to make a big deal out of it, right? And have your camera out and be saying, like, I'm recording you. But he said, you can quietly put, when you're getting pulled over, you can quietly turn the recording on your phone, flip it over. And just exactly let it record because mm-hmm. you're better off just recording everything as it is without them knowing or because okay. they're going to tell you that you can't and that you shouldn't and oh, all yeah. of these things or they're going to try to delete it mm-hmm. after they arrest you. He was like, just leave it running yeah, and just make sure that you always protect yourself by having a complete unedited version of what happened to you. That's mm-hmm. very smart. I just went through that and I think it was January. I got pulled over. I was, I was shooting. A, by the way, I'm doing an episode of actually five episodes of Dear White People. 
Let's talk about that later, but go ahead and tell that story. Yeah, oh, yeah, we got to tell you about that one. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was like the first day of work. And it's so you watched your white people. Yes, yes. Okay, so you know the main character, Marquis Marquis, the actor. Uh Richardson. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. So the character he played, there was an issue with him being stopped by the cops, a gun drawn on Mm -hmm. him, and all that. So we're shooting. You know, I'll just say this. The character I play is like a mentor to him. Okay. We have a lot of scenes together. So the whole conversation and mm-hmm. the scenes we're shooting is all about injustice and police harassment. And I'm driving to work the first day. And I get pulled over by the cops. And he was fine. Man, he didn't harass me. But he pulled me over because I had tenant windows. I had tenant windows. So, you know, I know you, you know I, it's, it's a chance they may become. Yeah. And the funny thing was I was talking to my brother on the phone. He lives in Virginia. And when I saw the lights behind me, I said, okay, I got to go because I need to record this. So the first thing I did was push record. Just in case. Hang up. Put it on the side of the, you know, on the seat, so he doesn't necessarily see it. Exactly. So it's just the audio, because you know, because you you can't escalate the situation once you pull out the camera and put it in their you face. Mm-hmm. You can do it, but just know you're escalating the situation. Absolutely. And I just wanted to have an audio record of it. And if they were to arrest you, even if you did nothing wrong, they could go and delete it because they know it's there. Yeah. Which was exactly. kind of like his point, which is something yeah. to think about. We yeah. have our phones right next to us anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But that education is so key because I think I've told you this story, but so my husband. He, my cousin had to really check him because he thought he was doing the right thing. By when he got pulled over, he would put both of his hands out the window and yeah. just leave them there. Like, I want you to see my hands. And my cousin was like, that two hands coming out a window looks like you're holding something. Even he if was, it's like that. Well, he was like, it doesn't matter. They just see you doing this, especially at night. The, oh, imagine oh, like no, it's not daytime. Yeah. He was oh. like, the only acceptable position for your hands as a black man is three and nine. Like, let them see yeah. both of the hands uh, on the top of the steering wheel. Because any motion that you do going out the window. See, that's good information. You know what I mean? Right and my husband was like, oh, my God. Because he's thinking, like, I mean, it, it to the point where I'd be like, babe. Like, we get pulled over for, like, running red light. And he'd be like, he'd have <laughs> yeah, his hands don't, out don't the window. <laughs> yeah, but he's basically like, yo, like, I'm a black man in the suburbs. Watch yeah, it. don't mess. But, like, please, I'm good, I'm good. But, like, just even that, the idea. And it was so scary to have that conversation with him. But he was like, just be clear. Yeah. Any motion. Mm-hmm. Of your hands is bad motion. That's right. So just don't. That's, so that's good to know. Duly noted. Yeah. Thank you. Education. Yeah, just keep them right there. Yeah, I'm doing a public service. Yeah, we are. All right, last question about when they see us, because I know we can talk about it forever. We but can. just tell us, too. what was it like working with Ava DuVernay? I mean, I know you mentioned your friends, but on this project specifically. Because she's a force. She is. She is a force. You and know. how have you seen her grow? Oh, my God. I, I haven't told this story. She tells it every time I walk on the set. <laughs> um. But I, I was fortunate and blessed enough to do her very first film, I Will Follow. Mm-hmm. And I met Ava when I was Sally doing, Richardson. Sally yeah. Richardson, that's her look mm-hmm. at. Okay, I see you. <laughs> um, you know, I was doing a show called City of Angels at the time. It's about a black hospital, mm-hmm. uh, county hospital. Viola Davis, go ahead. Corey Murray. I see this. Corey Murray. I, uh, Curry Murray. Everyone. What? Okay. She done dropped the mic. She is like See the that? walking I'm, entertainment with well, Mind you, I'm going to c- record an audio just him saying my name. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I like Blair Underwood. Yo, my but name. what's crazy about that, you mentioned Viola Davis. Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer, mm-hmm. Hill Harper, mm-hmm. um, Gabrielle Union. Yes. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. Niecy Nash. Yeah. First time I met Niecy. Anyway, so um, Ava was a publicist on that project. She yeah. had had her own company as a, as a PR person. And prior to that, a lot of people don't know she used to rap. She's yeah, a very conscious yeah. rapper. Mm-hmm. What? So yeah, when Ava, see, yeah. When you see her work, she's very musical. She she fires on all levels. I realize the music that's in When You See Us. Like, oh, it's, you know, it's this 80s, 90s hip hop. Well, yeah, so you have a source music like yeah. that. Well, you, it's, it's in there, mm-hmm. but also, but the score of it mm-hmm. is, and then the same thing with Selma. Her style of directing is very lyrical. Mm-hmm. It's very like poetic. 
and it's very profound. It goes deep, but it's it's yeah. it's musical mm -hmm. also. Yeah. So, in answer to your question, mm -hmm. she was phenomenal to work with because she understands all layers and levels. She did she did a number of things in thirty five years. I've never seen mm -hmm. a director do. She went up to each person. We didn't always have social media, but she's very busy on social media. She went up to almost every crew member. Said, "I'm on Instagram, so I just want to put you on Instagram. Let me know what do you do." How is it important? How do you fit into the whole scheme of things? I love that. She sees everybody. Yeah. Everybody feels it. So everybody wants to give 150% mm -hmm. of what they're doing. Secondly, um, because of what we're doing, my character in the whole legal part of the story is only in the second episode. So I'm not in the first, not in the fourth and fifth. So all the lawyers are just there for that second episode. So we came on board maybe three weeks into it. So it was a moving train. Mm -hmm. But these boys... And these, I was so impressed with these young actors because oh they kill it. They Charlie, kill these it. boys. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, they were already kind of doing their thing. But yeah. all of a sudden I get this email, you know, to the production saying that we have grief managers on call because we're dealing with some very difficult yeah. emotions um, and feelings. So if you need any help, and like a whole memo, this is that person's number. You mm -hmm. call this number. Here's the address. Mm -hmm. But just to have that, that presence of mind yeah, to say, yeah. well, I need to protect these children, mm -hmm. and not just the children, everybody. you know, all, everybody. everybody, these adults at all, because all these scenes, man, they're tears from the crew and everything when you're going through all this stuff. So just that, she takes care of her crew. Mm -hmm. That said, as a director, she knows what she wants, mm -hmm. which is the most important thing. Your job is to tell the story. Mm -hmm. It's also to be clear, know what you want, be clear about it, and know how to communicate that. Mm -hmm. And you do all those things, you do them right like she does, and you, you, you have a master. So I will follow she called me up because I just recently directed my first film. This was mm -hmm. 2008, mm -hmm. so 10 years ago, nine years ago, 11 years ago. And I wasn't good at math, you can tell. <laughs> We're artists. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, and she Love said, brain. can I, can I um, the day before we started shooting, she said, can I pick your brain just about directing? Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, because I was just learning. I said, I just did one, but yeah. And um, so we had dinner, and, and she's asking all these questions. And, but to see that hungry, humble, brilliant artist, businesswoman, mm -hmm. Um, be humble enough to ask from everybody and then build and grow and to see she's one, I want to consider one of the, our best directors in the field, mm -hmm. black, white, male, female. Um, to see that trajectory is, is very, uh, it's, it's, it's warming to see and exciting. Well, speaking of, you talk about Ava taking care, right, with mm -hmm. this project. I feel like, and Corey, I think you would agree, you've taken care with your career. Yeah. It's oh, been you. the long haul. You've been in it from the beginning till now. It's still going strong. You know, it's so consistent. The performance is consistent. You as the actor, the family man, the good guy, you know, and that's hard to do as an actor, period. Um, and as a black man, I imagine even harder in Hollywood, but you've just had this longevity and this consistency. And obviously that's, I'm sure that was no accident. So you've taken really good care with your career, but yeah, what's, your, you. what's your secret sauce? For well, you know, it's funny you say the good guy because it's so interesting, 35 years in the business, 34 years. I told you I wasn't going to admit. <laughs> <laughs> You're an actor. But, yeah, it's fine. That's, right. that's what it's I do. That's, yeah. I, that's your talent. Yeah. But it's funny because people say, like, you always play the good guy. And then in the same breath, I'll see somebody else, Father Satan, and say, why are you always playing the bad guy? <laughs> Have you seen the meme? Yeah. Have you well, seen no, I'm just going to say, my little cousin sent me a meme. I don't know if it's the same one. It's like a picture of a couple actors. Yeah. It's like, when you see this face, you know somebody's, what, getting, uh, beat. somebody's getting slapped. <laughs> <laughs> or getting beat. I said, damn. Like, <laughs> But, but that's what you and I mean, though. Yes. That's it. But you know, and and, and I, I. But that's not that screen. I love that no, per no, se. Yeah, but yeah. but the thing is, what I what I do appreciate is that I've been blessed and fortunate enough to play a range of characters. Mm -hmm. So depending on what people have seen, they're going to take away something different. Right. You know, a lot of my theater work is is very. 
very uh, uh, challenged people. Uh, what did my, my, my friend said? You always like these uh, tormented roles. Tormented. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But that's yeah. where the best acting like, is. What's well, where the best? Yeah. It's, yeah it's I mean, because it's, it's you like to say that you chew on it. That's right. That's right. You make a that's right. You make a meal out of it. And yes. that is right. speaking to that star power I'm talking about. Like when I say the good guy, what I mean is like whether you're playing someone tormented or crazy or abusive or amazing, mm. your fans just see Blair Underwood and they say, "I like this guy. Mm-hmm. I like his well, work. Thank you. I, I show that. up for him. I don't think women are smacking you in airports because of a role you played no, six years no. ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they see you." And I think that that's yeah. sometimes hard to do for actors, I imagine. No, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, it's 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 kind of being aware and, and, and reading the tea leaves, knowing the world you're living in. I mean, mm-hmm. when I first started in 1985, my first job was on The Cosby Show. And then L.A. Law happened the next year after that. But it was important for me to play positive, uplifting roles. Mm-hmm. That, by design, I was trying not to play negative roles. I saw too much of that at the time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And 1994, when... LA Law came to an end. As it turned out, the, my very next project, literally like a day after the last episode was shot, I went to rehearse and start shooting a film called Just Cause, mm-hmm. where I played a serial killing pedophile with Sean Connery and Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Heavy. Uh, Scarlett wow. Johansson, which is ten, <laughs> 10 years old. You know, but that that started a whole nother trajectory of playing bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, was, it, it allowed me to take that good guy image because in that story, you you think this guy's falsely accused, but in this case, he actually did it. Right. And you see, and he comes after the family again. So it t- allowed me as an actor mm-hmm. to take that good guy role and then twist it before people's eyes and say, oh, wait a minute, and see that transition to the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then for years after that, with a couple of Tyler, with Tyler Perry's movie, yeah. mm-hmm. Henry and, and us Asunder and Posse and a lot of other things, um, people would buy that person they came to know as a bad guy too. Right. So now it's just it's fun. Like, okay, well, what's what, what's the most interesting one? What happened when you, and I'm going to record this with Soso, so don't get freaked out. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, can I drink my tea still? Please. You can drink your tea. Right. What happened do <laughs> when you were cast as Blair Underwood in Juanita? Oh, look how she goes. Okay. See how she did that? See that how she did that? quite <laughs> the scenes. Okay, baby. Oh, man. That, Alfrey. Alfrey Woodard. Alfrey Woodard. <laughs> that was sheer fun. Sheer fun. That was again. That that was a friend. Alfred Woodard and I have. Uh, we go way back, and her husband Roderick Spencer mm-hmm. adapted that screenplay from a book, and he wrote it for her. Mm-hmm. And he said, "You've we've heard about you mentioned Viola Davis earlier. Mm-hmm. So we've heard Viola talk about when she came to do um, How to Get Away with Murder, that Shonda Rhimes wanted to create a, a black female character that that embodied everything." Mm-hmm. Intellect, we see that. Yeah. Authority, we see that. And I'm saying this because with as Viola, Alfred had the same journey. Yeah. Mm. Um, but not always the sexual human being that has that sexual human component. Yeah. Right. And Chandra created that character for Viola, and she has, of course, thrived since then. Alfred, not unlike Viola, had a very similar journey. Mm-hmm. And Roderick, her husband, mm-hmm. said, People don't, she doesn't get a chance to see yeah. or show what I see. This beautiful woman that's mm-hmm. romantic and loving and mm-hmm. sexual and and, mm-hmm. and fun and all that. So, it was a mission for him to write this. And you know, we had talked about it six years prior. And um, he said, you know, we're doing this movie again, really like Ava because <laughs> I mean, these are powerhouses, just yeah. talented. It's like, if I got time, I'm down. Mm-hmm. What's up? Let's do it. Let's do it. And um, he said, okay, we're working on it. I said, well, what's the character? He said, well, well, um, <laughs> it's kind of you. Yeah. 
It's kind of you. you. <laughs> and he said, you're going to be the man in her dreams. You won't be the man of her dreams. That's me, her husband. Mm-hmm. You'll be the man in her dreams. I said, <laughs> I said all right. I said, Which was lo- brilliant. As long as it's brilliant. funny, we can yeah. have fun with it. Yeah. Which was brilliant. Yeah, it was And you know, I mean, you know that women love you across the board, right? Well, and you. I mean, to be a married man, that must be funny because I know you and your wife probably laugh. She gets a good laugh out of it. I yeah. know she does. Tell, t- <laughs> She's does like, she? they don't know you like I do. <laughs> think you can go anywhere where black women congregate and not have them scream. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, they did it at the Apollo. That's what I'm saying. We didn't even know what we were about to watch. And then they're like, (laughs) I mean, can you make it through Whole Blue? I'm sorry, sorry, Tiffany. Our target? I don't believe it. Yeah, believe it? <laughs> I mean, I target. I can. Can you imagine if you're just like at Target or Whole Foods and you see Blair Underwood? Actually, out? low oh, key, I can. Key. Yeah, really? because you're so down to earth. Thank you. That I can't. I can't that. imagine it. They're gonna just they be like that. Blair Underwood. <laughs> oh my! God. You know what I mean? Like they know you and they see you and you don't age. We'll talk about well, that. Well, mm-hmm. right. we got a lot to talk about. What is it like? You we saying tea leaves. I mean, you at tea? What is it? Is it it's, tea? it's the tea. I ain't gonna lie. You were like, oh, I want green tea, and I was like, I'm here drinking a latte. I know. I'm like, all this milk in my coffee. I want some of that. But you look, you look amazing. You're part of the what we call the ageless black actors. Ageless. Ages beauty, but none of us it don't crack. We know that. But yours really that. doesn't crack. It, it doesn't bend. It doesn't. <laughs> That's hilarious. What did Chris Tucker say? He said, "He said, rich, rich is the best lotion." <laughs> now I'm yes. not saying I'm rich. I don't have Chris Tucker yes. money. I don't know what he has. I I'm the best it, but, but no, I mean, like you take you take care of yourself, and it's yeah. important. Yeah. And you know, my my father is all about health and wellness. He's 87. I was just talking to him before I came in here, mm-hmm. and um, you know, from the time we were growing up to this day, when he wakes up, he. Does, he does, he's a military old army colonel, push-ups, leg lifts before he gets yeah. out of bed. So he just instilled um, that into our minds at a young age to take care of yourself. So that's a big part of it. And thank you for saying that, of seriously. Course. But it, you got to take care of yourself. I also think love is part of wellness. And you've been happily married for like 25 years. 25 years this Congratulations. year. Congratulations. Yeah, that's okay. right. Thank you. Thank you. And you got married in September, which I respect because yeah. I'm a Virgo. Oh, what's up? Yeah. Me too. I'm September 19th. August 25th. Come on. We got married September 17th. I know. Come on I with it. I saw that. See? I, I, lo- I stand love. Y'all do your homework. I'm not I mad know. at you. I'm October uh, 10, 17, October 17th. Oh. So I'm right behind you. Oh, I like that. Oh, thanks. My husband and I have matching anniversary what? tattoos. I like it. I'm thinking about getting a tat. I haven't done it yet. You I have a tat. Oh, you yet. should. I like that idea. Something the, with the, your the Roman wife. numerals. Yeah, Roman numerals. We're supposed to have a whole plan to put our kids after it, like a barcode, but we didn't get there yet. Okay. Little you humans. Somewhere to go. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so little humans coming little humans soon? Coming. I mean, like in progress. We'll get there. Oh, oh in progress. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> a congratulations. You were like, is that an exclusive? <laughs> <Yeah. for you?" laughs> no, but seriously, what is your secret? You are a happily married man in Hollywood. It's oh, amazing. Oh, man. Keep talking. You know Stay. How long have you been married to your husband? Uh, seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Oh my god, eight. Oh my god. Just keep t- keep talking, keep communicating. That's the one thing I heard more than anything from the older people. I'm always going to people who have been walked that path. Gotcha. Walk mm-hmm. and say, okay, what's the secret? Ask the same question. Yeah. Say, you got to communicate. Don't go to bed angry. You you hear that all the time, but it's more than cliche. Don't go to bed angry. Work it out. Choose mm-hmm. to stay that's, in instead of go out. Sometimes. That's, just be no, together. Well, that's right. Just be together. And you know, also in this industry, we travel. I tend to travel a mm-hmm. lot. And we made a pact with each other early on that we won't spend more than two weeks away from each other. Oh, I love that. So I was here for two years in New York shooting Quantico. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time, you know, our youngest now is 18. He graduates high school next in a couple of weeks. So 18, so 20, it. and 22. <laughs> 18, 20, 22. But for all those years, those formative years, I mm-hmm. wouldn't take a job on a series for more, you know, if it took me away from home for a period of time. So Quantico was the first time I said, okay, well, they're old enough, so I'll, I'll do that. But I was on a plane at least every two weeks just going back and forth. And sometimes mm-hmm. it'd be... A day, 
24 hours and I was doing Streetcar Named Desire on Broadway, yeah. you know, it's different. You have me on stage every night. But that's the commitment to being present mm -hmm. to your family. Oh, you have to. To your wife, to your... No, I love that's that. Right. That's right. That's right. Because what happens, you, thank you, what happens, you grow apart. It's yeah. too easy yeah. to allow yourself to grow apart. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing I didn't want to... I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want my kids to get used to me being gone. I didn't want my mm -hmm. wife to get used to me being gone. Because mm -hmm. human nature comes into play. If we be real talk, yeah. You know, there's temptation, mm -hmm. there's time. They got people coming at you from different directions. Yeah. I'm, not try, I'm, not trying, I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to go there. Yeah. But for real, I mean, if you make a commitment and you want this to work, you work at making it work. Mm -hmm. You take care so, of home. Take care of home. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. Mm -hmm. You heard it from Blair. <laughs> well, I want to, uh, last question. Yeah, warm up in here. And I, I know, I know. But you're not in the hot seat. <laughs> you're not in the hot seat because you, right. you know you are in the. No, I'm just speaking. You got me preaching now. <laughs> there you go. Well, well, the tea might have something to do with Damn. Well, I want to go back to when they see us really yeah. quickly because there was a um, one of the mothers, I think it's Kevin's mother, uh, Suzanne Douglas's character, mm -hmm. when she goes to visit him in jail, she's encouraging him and she's telling him that, you know, there's no time to waste. There's only time to live. So mm. I'm curious, what are you living for now? Mm. Wow. Well, we just talked about that. just with the kids. So much of it was raising these kids mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. So now it's just about what is the next chapter? Mm -hmm. What is the next chapter? Uh, professionally, I want to continue to tell different stories specifically that show us in a different light. I want to speak about that title, When They See Us, by the way, mm -hmm. that show us in a different light. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I love to travel. Part of that is because it's a result of being an Army brat. We moved mm -hmm. every two years, so I love traveling. Seeing the world. It's seeing the world, yeah. yeah. Uh, so more of that. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and give it back. I spent time, like two hours at a, a Brooklyn high school, junior high school yesterday, and talking to kids about bullying in this organization I'm with called Dignity for All. And, um, you know, it was just kind of nice. You know, when you're working on a lot of different levels and trying different things, you know, you're doing business and you try to find the right deal. And there's always, I always say, it's not just the deal, it's the deal on the deal. But sometimes it's nice just to not even worry about figuring out what the best deal is, the mm -hmm. best strategy. And just you do it because it's the right thing to do and kind of give back. So hopefully I have more time to, to do that. And you're a huge philanthropist. So we won't go into it, but we know. We see you. Okay. We got a new All car right. too. We do. You we, need a new we, car. You get a car, car too. You get a car. All I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, but we see you. You've constantly given back. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's it's critical. I think it keeps it keeps it going. Mm -hmm. You know, when you know if you give, you know you're going to get back in some way. Yeah. You don't give just to get back, but you give to give get the chance to give back again. Mm -hmm. and it's a cycle, but you're propelled by giving back to people. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Blair. Oh, thank you. We're done already? Yeah, right, we, got, we, got oh, we, got we got the wrap up. We got the wrap up. We got the wrap up. All right. All right. She's like, hard, hard out, hard Blair, out. Blair, welcome back. Come back on. Come on back anytime. anytime. I will. Thank you. When anytime. they see us, real quickly, oh, is, is, all, is all about when they see us. Unfortunately, oftentimes we are automatically criminalized in people's yeah. minds. Mm -hmm. and, but when they see us in this film, you'll start to see us as we really are. Mm -hmm. And in the specific case, these boys, how they really are. I know we got to go. Okay. Thank you. That was a perfect <laughs> ending. Thank you. Come on back anytime. Thank you. Yes, thank, thank, you. You. thank you. We could go another two hours. We could. I'm having I too mean, much we fun. Special thanks to this week's guests, Blair Underwood. Be sure to listen, download, or subscribe to more episodes of Yes, yes Girl, featuring interviews with Jada Pinkett Smith, Amanda Seals, Ayala Van Zant. And Michael B. Jordan. You can find Yes Girl on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple listeners, yes, that's you. Be sure to leave a review and let us know what you think. We love reviews. Give us reviews. More, more reviews. Thank you. Don't forget to talk to us on social. 
at Corey Murray, at Charlie Penn on Instagram, and at ManWhiteDog on Twitter. Be sure to use hashtag YesGirlPodcast. Love ya. Talk to you soon.